Hello my friends and welcome back to Meerkat Musings. I am your host Ben aka Daftamon of course as always. Uh, we're kicking off this podcast with a note that we are now just over halfway through 2021. Woohoo! We have made it to July uh, somehow despite some notoriously inconsistent weather particularly in the second half of June uh, where the weather kind of it's funny the weather at the beginning of June began to improve quite dramatically and then in the second half of June it tailed off somewhat the first couple of days of July have not been too bad uh, somewhat cloudy but warm Although I think the expectation is we're going to get some wetter weather and then we're going to get an incredible heat wave, uh, kind of like sort of mid-July. In fact, the, the belief is from the forecasters that we'll get temperatures as high as possibly 37 degrees, which, to put into context here, um, to me, hot weather tends to be weather which floats between 25 and 30 degrees that's good that's nice that's pleasant put a bit of sun cream on go in the garden get a bit of a tan in those kind of conditions i can jump into the paddling pool maybe with a cold beer maybe not don't know uh, but certainly the option exists when it starts to go beyond 30 especially when you start to get into the realm of like sort of 35 degrees you begin to get into a category that I think is far too hot. And the scary thing is that in some parts of the world, they've had things even hotter still. If you follow the news, uh, Canada, which is not traditionally a country most people associate with being hot, has had temperatures in some places, uh, British Columbia, I think it was, uh, where they were almost at 50 degrees. So to put that into context, what I consider to be hot and pleasant... At 25 degrees i'm trying to imagine doubling that and what that would feel like i don't want to know quite frankly it's just ridiculous the weather lately does want to lurch from one extreme to the other and for those people that seem to think that uh, that climate change is not real well you just need to stop and reflect upon the crazy weather patterns that we have these days the temperatures spiking to absurd levels in parts of the world you wouldn't normally expect to have these kind of temperatures anyway uh, i'm kind of going off tangent a little bit i wasn't doing a podcast to talk about climate change although it's certainly an important subject uh, and it's something that we all need to think about but rather i am thinking more about a few recent goings on concerning uh trick twitter and some of the interactions, some of the commentary, some of the behaviour of my fellow Star Trek fans on social media. There's often, shall we say, passionate opinions about Star Trek flying around. You'll have a number of varied opinions flying around throughout social media, throughout various sort of websites and other uh, sort of forms of interaction and sometimes it can get a bit hostile that's uh, certainly probably the best word to use in in current sort of context and sometimes i think that what we lose sight of is 
we can all be fans of something in our own way. And it's perfectly okay to like some elements of the franchise and dislike others. And in theory, we're all adults. We're all big enough and old enough. And uh, in my case, ugly enough to appreciate that we're not all going to like everything in exactly the same way. Personally speaking, I... I found that uh, Voyager, particularly the second half of, of the Voyager series, got progressively weaker as it went along, and I lost interest in it. I never warmed to Enterprise. I just couldn't get into that. Uh, I thought some of the uh, sort of later Next Generation films weren't all that great. I mean, Insurrection was average at best. Nemesis, I just flickers of greatness but unfortunately a lot of it just wasn't all that great and I could offer you my my detailed reasons as to why I'm not fond of those elements of Star Trek uh, ultimately I don't need to justify it uh, and I feel you know I can I can draw a line under that and say oh I don't like these for reasons xyz I don't even have to give my reasons if I don't want to and for most people that would be fine you just say, okay, well, that's fair enough. I liked them, but fine. And, of course, the flip side of that is, you know, I, I uh, thoroughly enjoy Star Trek Discovery. I've enjoyed the first series of Picard. I thought Lower Decks was hilarious and brilliant. Uh, other people don't like it. Fine, fair enough. That's absolutely fine. As I say, we're all adults. We can all um, shrug our shoulders, move on with our lives. It's a TV show. At the end of the day, it's not a matter of life and death. Of course, for some people, they do take it more seriously than that. And for some people, it's almost a religion, I think. And there are people on both sides of that equation who I think take things too far. Some of the criticisms levelled at uh, Star Trek Discovery, I do happen to think are absurd. Uh, some of them, I do think, speak of complaints about uh, sort of social justice and that kind of thing and I do believe there are some fans out there who object to the new show on uh, shall we say unsavory grounds that being said it's not fair to tar everyone with the same brush there are people out there who don't like discovery they don't have to give their reasons but equally if they did they're entitled to give their reasons and I do think that some of my fellow Trekkies are a little bit too eager to jump down their throats when they see that happen. A little bit too keen to assume things about uh, why these fans perhaps don't like something, uh, something about the show. Case in point, uh, it's entirely possible to be critical of some of the characters on the show and you know just be just to be critical of them. There isn't automatically an agenda behind that. There isn't automatically a motive of racism or sexism or bigotry if you criticise the behaviour of any given character. If you were to turn around and say some of the lines of I don't like Michael Burnham because she's a black woman, that would be different, of course, and I think we can agree that would be pretty sexist. It would be obviously racist, and, and that is the kind of behaviour that we should be confronting. And sometimes... Uh, those criticisms can be subtle uh, and yet still carry a racist or sexist message. 
But sometimes criticisms of a character's behaviour can literally just be criticisms of a character's behaviour, uh, of the character in general. There doesn't have to be a hidden motive attached to to every complaint or every, um, shall we say, query about the show. And I do think that those of us who uh, fall onto what we would call the We Are Starfleet kind of category need to be more mindful of that, I think. Uh, A little bit more mindful of how we, shall we say, police our own. And we need to be careful not to become the very thing that we're kind of um, sort of pushing against. As it the, the fandom menace crowd might have a lot of misgivings with them uh, in some cases for the way in which they've directly interacted with me. Uh, in other cases, in a more general sense. But that doesn't automatically mean that every single person who perhaps falls into that category, has a racist or bigoted agenda. It doesn't automatically mean... I mean, we we kind of dump people into the category of fandom menace. Maybe they're not even a part of that movement, or part of that sort of self-styled group. So we've got to be a little bit more careful, I think, about how we rush to judge people if they say they don't like the show or they don't like the characters. It, it wouldn't do us any harm whatsoever to be a little bit more open-minded in that regard. Let the fandom menace sorts be the closed-minded ones. Let them be the gatekeepers. Let them be the fanatics who ultimately will, will out themselves in some way, shape or form as being poor fans through their behaviour because they will inevitably do that. That can all be on them. You know, that... that be what they do and we will do what we do uh, as it were let's try as i say to distinguish ourselves from their behavior i mean what i found lately with some of the uh, sort of fandom menace types is well one thing i found is one of them in particular who I've had a few runs with before, has a tendency to be rather thoroughly dishonest and, on top of that, quite arrogant with it. That When you claim that a show is being cancelled year after year after year and that show keeps getting renewed and you're claiming it's being cancelled because you're claiming to have inside knowledge and you're part, somehow, of a connection to something to do with production, well... The way I see it, if you're going to be wrong repeatedly, there are a couple of reasons for this. Number one, there is someone feeding information which is false for their amusement and you're being played uh, like a harp. Number two, you're making everything up for reasons only you know, uh, only to make yourself look like a fool every single time. There have been lots of claims that Alex Kurtzman, the executive producer of the new Star Trek shows, you know, has been sacked from this role or that role. Well, he's still very much a part of the production of Star Trek. If anything, he's been promoted rather than sacked. So again, these claims tend to be somewhat uh, disingenuous, and yet they get repeated. More recently, there was a claim that Alex Kurtzman uh, is a wife and child beater. 
This is a very serious thing to say, especially to plaster all over social media. I actually found this to be outrageous. We're hearing that, uh, you know, we hear from some of the uh, sort of ranks of the Phantom Menace that the folks on the We Are Starfleet side of things are unreasonable, uh, very kind of like harsh, hypercritical, quick to jump up on people for uh, allegedly being you know, racist, sexist and so forth. But when one of their own makes a very serious and baseless allegation that someone involved with Star Trek is beating up their wife and child, what you get from the Phantom Menace in response to this is crickets. You get silence. You get nothing when challenged on what their thoughts are on this. They're not prepared to actually, when something is going on which is very serious, say even a single word, which I find to be quite interesting. It's also interesting that some of them who complain about people automatically assuming a racial or sexist or bigoted motive uh, in, in like sort of hating the show. Let me, let me rephrase that. What the Phantom Menace, or what some of them have said, is they find it unfair that they get judged as being um, sort of racist and sexist and bigoted when they criticise Discovery or some of the characters. They find it unfair that people are uh, sort of subscribing hidden motives to what they're having to say. Okay, fair enough. It, it perhaps is wrong to automatically assume things like that. And yet, in almost the same breath, some of them are quick to then accuse others of being racist for questioning and querying allegations of or the environment of the show. There was an allegation recently that the atmosphere on Star Trek Discovery is quite poisonous. Despite claims that these are um, facts, as it were, what we really have ultimately are a string of rumours and suggestions and stories. And I'm not saying dismiss them because that's not fair. We should listen to people in those circumstances. But we're being asked to take as fact and as read that these incidents are definitely true and that they point to a wide pattern of a nasty atmosphere behind the scenes of Star Trek Discovery. But we're being asked to accept this by uh, sort of people, or certainly some people in the past, who have been habitual liars uh, and people who make wild accusations. And on top of that, some of these people who are asking us to accept uh, that these allegations about behind the scenes of Discovery are true are then implying that other people are racist whilst simultaneously complaining about people implying they're racist. So I see a lot of hypocrisy. I see a lot of tangled webs in this. Uh, I see some some odd places, and I see some I see some I see some deceit and deception going on here uh, in a number of ways. And I find it all to be quite ironic, as it were. The other thing, and I've written about this on my website, if you're going to call out the producers of and the writers of Star Trek Discovery for apparently being bullies, are you going to do the same thing in respect of previous Star Trek shows? Uh, 
Because if you're silent about that, then you shouldn't really be mouthing off about discovery. I'm not saying it's right. In fact, it's wrong. You know, bullying is wrong in any form that it takes. Uh, in fact, it's a rather unfortunate truth about Star Trek that throughout its production, and this goes all the way back to the original series, it goes all the way back to Gene Roddenberry himself, there have been unpleasant actions and behaviours behind the scenes. Gene Roddenberry uh, is noted for being quite sexist, uh, for being adulterous, and for being something of a control freak. William Shatner had a number of high-profile clashes behind the scenes with his colleagues uh, over the limelight. Moving into the next generation, more of the same from Gene Roddenberry, but also the uh, the antics and behaviour of Rick Berman were said to be quite sexist as well. And then on top of that, we had at least one writer uh, getting involved in an incident whereby he was able to get Gates McFadden sacked with an element of sexism behind that. So there is a history there, and it also stretches into Deep Space Nine and Voyager as well, behind the scenes of an unpleasant atmosphere throughout Star Trek's history. It's not right, as I say. But if you're going to pass judgment on Discovery while remaining absolutely silent about the others, then you're a hypocrite. Simple as that. Uh, if you're not going to complain about what's happened in the past, if you're not going to call out the behaviour of previous stars, then you've got no business complaining about what's going on in Discovery right now. You cannot do one and not do the other. And yet this seems to be the approach of the fandom menace. They will gleefully take any information or even the hint of information even unverified information about what happens with Star Trek Discovery and they will spread it till the cows come home. They will take a great deal of delight in, in spreading unverifiable rumours. They will even go as far as to lie and in some cases outrageously lie as per the aforementioned claim that Kurtzman's a wife beater and they're unrepentant about it. There's no challenging of their own in that kind of behaviour. And to me, that implies, well, that implies agreement and acceptance of that sort of behaviour. So it's down to the rest of us to challenge them instead and see perhaps it might make some form of influence. And it's also important to swing back to the beginning again for us to therefore place ourselves better as well. Not everyone who doesn't like Discovery is a racist or homophobe. They're allowed to offer their opinions, they're allowed to say why they don't like the show, and we can all be adults about that and say, okay, well, that's fine, I don't agree, but that's fine, and we all move on as one big happy Star Trek family. We need to be thinking about that more, because as I say, we need to distinguish ourselves from the fandom menace. We need to be better than them. I think that's important. We don't want to be just the same. We, we don't want to be the opposite side of the same coin. We want to be a different, brighter, shinier coin. I think we need to be pushing harder to have that to make that distinction. 